It is my pleasure to welcome to VLGA Connect for the first time the new Minister for Local Government in Victoria, the Honourable Sean Lean. Minister, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks very much, Chris. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to say hello. Terrific to meet you. And there's, there's a lot to talk about, but obviously elections are top of mind for everyone in the sector at the moment. And I'm sure you're aware there's been a, a bit of a uh, revisiting of the, the argument that the election shouldn't be proceeding under COVID-19 as we've moved into further restrictions. Um, can you advise us they're definitely going ahead and you've, you've obviously considered all the issues? Uh, yeah, Chris, I, look, I, I have considered all the issues and they are definitely going ahead. I've had a number of meetings with a number of um, councils, as you could imagine, the last few weeks, and um, that's a position that I've definitely put. Uh, as the Minister, I've got um, a number of stakeholders to take into account. And uh, one of the probably most important stakeholders is the people of Victoria, and I believe they've got the right to have their uh, their right to have uh, to be able to vote um, on all levels of government um, and for their representatives of all levels of government. Um, look, and I understand the push about um, in the environment we're in of potentially putting the election back, but my concern is that um, if I even if I had the legislative power, which I can't, but if, if I put the elections back 12 months, uh, no one can convince me, even the chief health officer, that our environment will be any better anyway. So uh, to put it back 12 months and then review it, I could be putting it back another 12 months. Um, and it's just, to me, that doesn't produce good governance for five or six uh, yeah. year term councils. Uh, so, there's other there's other issues around it as well, but what we've what we've tried to do is um, make it a lot easier for people to uh, campaign and also be a candidate in this time. So um, I asked uh, my department to make sure that the compulsory mandatory training is now on an online portal. Uh, they're uh, working at that, and hopefully that will be available by the end of this month. Okay. I want to come back to that issue of safe uh, campaigning in a moment, but you mentioned you don't have the legislative power. So hypothetically, if you were to be thinking of deferring the elections, just give us a sense of the process, because I imagine it would have to go back through Parliament. It would be quite a lengthy process to do that. Oh, absolutely. Look, the way, look, the, the, way the Act reads at the moment is um, I do have the ability to push the um, election back by one week. Um, I think we'd have to, and, and that would be, I can't look, that could be a single council election or that could be across the board. And a good example of that would be, there could be a flood in a, in a regional area that makes it difficult for the postal vote. Um, so uh, we would have to go back to parliament to give me any more uh, authority to push it back further than a week. So the certainty, I think, is the important thing. So you're saying very clearly it's going ahead. And of course, there's been so much work done. We've spoken with the Deputy Electoral Commissioner on this program about the work the VECs had to do. I imagine they would be just throwing their hands up if they had to go back and, uh, and, and rework all of that. So certainty is a good thing. Look, I think certainty is a good thing. And, and look, I, you know, everyone knows this is a difficult time for everyone and everyone is adapting to the new COVID environment. We all have to. Um, and I accept it. I accept there is challenges, but we, we will do everything in our powers uh, to make it easier for candidates. Uh, we're looking at different ways of campaigning. We have had our, uh, our 
first advice from the Chief Health Officer is the potential of uh, letterboxing may be okay during the campaign. Um, so I'm working with uh, local, local government Victoria. I want them to produce some guidelines, some safe campaigning guidelines for all candidates. And we're working on that. And hopefully we'll have that available soon. Terrific. That's exactly the question I was going to ask you. So you're having ongoing dialogue with the Chief Health Officer around those issues as they arise, ensuring the, the safe campaigning and conduct of the election. Absolutely. Look, even, even things uh, that have come across um, our table, as in candidates will now be able to register online with the VEC. Originally, they were required to do that in person. Um, so we've altered that. We're working closely with the VC. We're working closely with the Chief um, Health Officer and, and, and other organisations um, for the election to go ahead in a safe postal vote. And we believe that can happen. So um, people, particularly the, the, the governance people in the sector, were eagerly awaiting the regulations for these elections. They've been out for about 10 days, maybe two weeks now. One of the key things coming out of that is the mandatory training, which is a first for these elections. Yeah. Um, so the mandatory training uh, is another um, item, as I, as I said, that we've made available on an online portal. Um, the mandatory training um, is designed to be basic training about how um, people should behave, uh, a code of conduct, in the council, understanding of conflict of interest, understanding um, what support is actually available to a councillor and how, go, how to best go about representing the people they represent. Um, and so in saying that, Chris, I know that um, the VLGA and others um, have got some more extensive training for candidates. And I'd really encourage all candidates to look into those opportunities. Uh, the, the more educated you are, uh, the more understanding of what your roles will be. Um, if you're lucky enough to be successful at the election, the better representative you will be. Well said. I, I've been an advocate for a long time for candidates to have a better understanding of the role they're putting their hands up for, because in the past, there's been all too many cases of people getting elected, being surprised, and then being surprised about the extent of what they've actually um, gotten involved in. So that better understanding's got to be a good thing. Absolutely. And, I, and, and Chris, there's always, like, there's always a lot to learn when you get in these positions. Um, but getting in there with a basic understanding of what you're actually putting your hand up for is probably a great start. And I, and I think the, the mandatory training and, and other courses available as I said, uh, I would encourage all candidates to take up those opportunities. Well, um, Minister, once we get through um, COVID-19 and this election period, etc., what other sorts of things have you, have you had a chance to think about what your agenda as Minister might look like in the longer term? Uh, yeah, I have. Look, and, and I've got to say, Chris, that um, like it's a great privilege to be in this position. Um, and something that's reinforced um, in my mind in, in recent weeks in talking to a lot of councils, something I've always known is local councils do some really good work. They do a power of good work and they do a lot of good things. And, and local councillors, uh, CEOs and staff do some fantastic work for their community. And I feel like sometimes that doesn't get acknowledged enough. So I'm really keen to hear all the good stories, all the good initiatives that local councils are implementing um, and 
any opportunity I get to share that in any form at all, I'm really keen to do that. I think it's too easy. You know, you could probably set your calendar by it that every three and a half weeks, there'll be someone on, on a certain radio show talking about something they probably don't fully understand, that they're not happy that a council is implementing. Um, and it's too easy to be negative. Uh, so uh, that's one of the one thing that I think that's really important. Uh, and Chris, I'm still I know the um, Act does implement some um, some uh, extra safeguards for against bad councillor behaviour, and I think they're very good. But I'm still I'm still keen to do more in that area. I I, I think in this day and age we can't have workplaces that are toxic. We just can't. And just because it's been like that for a long time doesn't mean it needs to continue. And as you and me would both agree, it shouldn't. And, and I suppose, as you mentioned, you know, coming out of the, the COVID um, period that we're in, I believe that local councils are going to be a very important pillar in the COVID recovery. Mm. Uh, and some of the things that... Uh, local councils can really champion is, and I think I've every council I spoke to, I've really encouraged to think about being creative in their job creation. I think that anyone at the moment that has their health and a job is doing all right. And so I know I, I really want to, in saying that in complementing um, council initiatives, I know a lot of councils have taken up the opportunity to get into the uh, Working for the Victoria program. Uh, I spoke to a small rural council only a few days ago. Their staff numbers in, increased 50% in the last few months. Uh, they went mm -hmm. from 100 to 150. So there's 50 people in a rural area that have a job that they may not have had a job. So um, they're, they're, I think COVID recovery, as I said, local governments are going to be so important. Um, and I'm really keen to work with them in any way the state government can support them in anything they can do in supporting their, uh, their constituents out of what is a really hard time. Minister, so refreshing to hear you talk particularly about the, the image and the reputation of the sector, because for too long, many people in the sector have felt that the media in particular uses local government as a convenient whipping boy, if you like. And yes, we kick own goals every now and then. But as you say, the vast majority of, of people in local government are there for the right reasons and doing wonderful things. So love to hear you talking that way. Also about the conduct issues, open invitation when you've got a better idea on, on what it is you're going to do to try and, um, you know, Im improve or bring further um, uh, elements of that into, into play. We'd love to talk to you about it. Oh, thanks, Chris. And, I, and, and I'm considering what trigger I can use to actually open up the dialogue more on this issue. Uh, and I suppose I don't want to harp on it, but um, I read some of the monitors report that unfortunately led to some um, councils being uh, taken over in, um, by administrators. And I, I don't know why it's okay for people to behave like that. It's not. It's not okay. There's been this culture where that's what that's what you do. That's not what you do. And so I'm really that's one of the issues I'm really keen to take up on. Um, and getting back to, you know, the good things that local government do. You're right. It's not. It's only. It's only a select few that can that can tar everyone. 
and trust me, I'm a representative as well at a government level. Um, I've had uh, conversations on uh, radio shows about um, how terrible we all are and trying mm. to convince people um, <laughs> of otherwise. But um, yeah. I think that in local government, it's just there to see. It, because it's local, you can see the difference. Yeah. Uh, some of these activities that local government are taking up are improving people's lives dramatically. Can I also say, I have noticed that you are more present on uh, social media channels, which is is terrific, you know, sharing some of those good stories already from around the sector. Again, something very refreshing to see. And uh, if I can speak on behalf of the, the sector from my very minimal role these days, uh, we welcome you with open arms and we're looking forward to a, a very uh, um, fruitful and mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, thanks very much. And, I, and you know, I'm always open to more suggestions. I'm all, you know, uh, as I said to all the mayors that I've met recently, and, and as you probably realise, I know quite a few well anyway. Yes. But, but as I've said to them, um, councils are the experts of their communities. They'll have so much expertise than I will ever have. So I re I'm, re I'm really reliant on their feedback, their suggestions, and their understanding their community to do the best job that I can do. A delight to speak with you, Minister. Hope we can do more of this uh, as, as needed and wish you all the very best in the role. No, thank you, and I'll take you up on that. The Minister for Local Government in Victoria, the Honourable Sean Lean, our guest today on VLGA Connect.